In this episode of First Mark's Driven Podcast, we welcome Jennifer Tebow, Innovation Specialist at 18F. Tebow spoke at Design Driven NYC on February 10th, 2016, about building culture with a design team distributed across the country. So my name is Jen Tebow. I work as a designer on 18F's uh, experience design team. Um, I'm going to get back to the Brady Bunch later, but first I want to tell you a little bit about who 18F is. So 18F is a civic consultancy for the U.S. government inside the U.S. government. And we help agencies quickly deploy tools and services that are easy to use, cost-efficient, and reusable. So what that's really like is like if you took a frog or an IDEO or a Pivotal, stuck it inside the government, and said, okay, do what you normally do. Um, I want to show you a couple slides of some, some stuff we actually work on, because again, every time I say I'm here from the federal government, eyes kind of glaze over. Um, so this is one of our projects with the U.S. Uh, Citizenship and Immigration Service. Um, we're helping them essentially restructure the experience of how people um, apply for citizenship in the United States, how they track their case while it's in progress, and how they get help along the way. Because surprise, surprise, is pretty stressful, doesn't always go as planned, and it can be really easy to, to make it a scary process. So we're trying to make that easier. Light stuff. Um, this is one of the projects that I'm working on. We're working with the Federal Election Commission uh, to help them open up their data and make it more accessible to people, uh, both by making an API, which we launched maybe last summer, and then um, by using that API to build a site around their own data uh, so that people can use it and find it. Um, a little bit, let me back up. The FEC, the Federal Election Commission, doesn't really have much to do with elections. It's kind of a misnomer. What they do is they report and track and, and make the rules around how money can be raised and spent in federal elections. So like the presidential election going on right now, if you want to know who's raised this money, who spent this money, who gave money to who, who's financing their own campaign, maybe, um, you would go to the Federal Election Commission as the canonical source for that information. And so when we're not helping, when we're not partnering directly with agencies, we're building tools to um, to support them. So this is a, an analytics dashboard of all the government, um, all everybody who's on a government website as of like Monday at 11 p.m. or something like this. Um, so it's an analytics dashboard based off of a Google Enterprise solution. Um, you can see who's on sites right now, what devices they're using, what browsers they're using, um, what their operating systems are, and what the most popular sites right this very moment are. So this is Monday night, it's tax season. You can see that like the IRS, what's my refund page, I think. It's actually really hard to read from there, sorry. Um, so that's number one, like by far. Uh, what you can't see is a couple couple slides down is the My US CIS case status page. I'd never see that leave the top 10, which is pretty cool. So, government, design, not always thought of as the most exciting thing. Government is known as like, it's what people use as a definition of a designer. I mean, a dinosaur. Definitely not a good definition of a designer. Um, and so, what I, what I wanted to show you our work is that it's not just what we're making and that is really important, it's also the process of how our team works and how we're doing that, how we're making it. So we have about 159 people right now. We're spread all throughout the United States. Over half of our team isn't actually in Washington, D.C. Um, 
that's also kind of a myth that's fading into the past. You don't have to be in DC to be working on federal government projects. Um, our design team is about 30-ish people right now. Uh, we call it the experience design team because it means everybody from user researchers, uh, visual designers, UX designers, UI designers, and content designers. So when I talk about our design team from here on out, those are the people I'm talking about. And so what that plays out like on a typical project, say my project with the FEC, is it looks like this. Our product manager, Leah, lives in San Francisco. Noah, who, uh, he's a UX designer, lives in Portland. Um, Jeremy uh, is my colleague here in New York. Um, a little further south, we have Emily and Lindsay. Emily is a content designer, and Lindsay is a back-end developer. Our partner agency, the FEC, is also in DC. And a little bit farther south of that is our teammate, Josh. So we set our teams up. We, we have the infrastructure to make it so that we can work with anybody, no matter where they are across the United States. Um, and that plays out in different ways across our projects. So you don't have to be an entirely distributed design team for this to matter to you. Um, last week, for example, I think on Friday it snowed, and the MTA did what the MTA sometimes does. Uh, there were delays. So what happens next year for all of you who live off the L train? Um, sometimes, like, stuff just happens. And when stuff happens for a continuous amount of time, your team, even if you're all, in theory, in the same city, you have to be able to react to that and you still have to be able to get stuff done. Um, so what would it be like for you to work from home for a day? What if you have a kid who got sick? I just, my colleague in San Francisco, um, Liz, her kid came home from sick a couple days ago, and there's this new law I had no idea about that um, if your kid comes home from sick, comes home from school sick, you have they can't go back for 24 hours. So for two days, she was home with her kid, which is great. As a parent, she had the flexibility to be able to stay home and take care of her kid, but also didn't have to take vacation time to do it. So what can your team? What are things that teams can do to make this uh, distributed workforce work for you? And words are hard, I'm going to come back to that later. Um, but the reason we talk about distributed teams is that when you say remote teams, remote means is relative to something else. You have a center, and then you have people who aren't in the center. So when you call it a distributed team, it just means everybody is everywhere. Um, my colleague Becky really said this best. Um, it can't just be the responsibility of those working remotely to be extra engaged. Um, and this is what I mean by the Brady Bunch. So this is a screenshot of one of our all-hands weekly calls. Um, one of our, our, we have like 20 different tools for, for video calls. Um, th this one has a view where you can just be one giant floating head at a time, or you can have it set up in this Brady Bunch view, and this is kind of what I like to use because you get to see a little bit of everybody. You can follow the conversation, see who's nodding along, and it's close to being like you're in the same room. So that leads me to the first step is to adopt a distributed first mentality and start it on day one. Um, our team really relies on Slack as our primary like way that we communicate with one another. Um, so we've done a lot of customizing of it to make it work for us. Uh, the first thing, this is again a really terrible screenshot that you can't read from there, it's too bad. Um, but we made a bot called Dolores Landigram, and if you've seen the West Wing, it'll be a familiar character. But she's a welcoming bot, and she's an onboarding bot. So she'll help feed you information that gets you oriented on day one, um, along with the, all, all the in-person physical stuff too. Um, but there's a lot of stuff to learn on your first day. 
most of our folks don't come from government. So not only is there new job stuff, there's like government stuff. And that's the hardest stuff. It's everything is new, things change. A lot of it's the same, but not all of it. Um, another thing we do, the screenshot in the bottom right, is we feed a lot of location information straight into like our, our, what people see first, which is our names. Uh, you can see we put our location or airport codes as, as kind of the addendum to our, to our chat names. Um, if someone's on vacation, like Jesse, if you can read that from there, uh, it'll say out of office. So as soon as I, my brain says, I need to talk to Jesse about something, and I go to send her a direct message, I'm like, oh, Jesse's on vacation. Guess I'm not going to ask her that right now because I don't want to, you know, interfere with her life too much. She's on a beach. It's great. Um, another thing that's really, really hard to tell when you're not actually spending time with people in a room is, is gender identity and preference, right? So a lot of our team has chosen to put that along with an icon or, or where they're located right, right in the top of their name. Um, so it's a pretty powerful and interesting way to take a look at what's going on. Um, the next thing that really doesn't suffer when you choose to have a distributed team is team culture. Um, culture is something you build whether you try to or not, it's, it, it, it'll evolve. Um, if you try to evolve it and you try to design it, it'll be better. You don't want to ignore it. Um, but so a way that we keep our design team feeling like a design team is we have a couple different uh, things that we've decided are important. Uh, once a week we all meet to talk about um, what, what's going on in our project lives, what's going on in our lives. These are like 15-minute updates. There's 33 of us, so they're pretty, pretty short. Um, this, was, this, this was a screenshot from one of those meetings that happened to be on my colleague Jeremy's birthday. So you can see him down in the bottom right, like being a, or the bottom left, all excited about it because we kind of ambushed him and made these signs. Getting 33 people to coordinate on printing out a sign, you can see everybody didn't really play along too well. But we got there. Um, another thing that we've decided is important as a team is getting feedback on our work. So we're, we're a bunch of designers spread out about a, through a bunch of projects. And most of the time, even if you are in the same space as another designer, say for example in our DC office, we have an office in New York, San Francisco, Chicago, um, they're probably not working on the same project as you are. Um, so making sure that you have an opportunity to give feedback and receive feedback on your work um, is, is one of our big priorities. So we have, we also have like little critique groups. They're self-initiated, self-led, everybody, there's like four or five people in each. And you decide how often you want to meet, if you want to meet as a group, one-on-one, -on -one, whatever. You find what works for you and you make it happen. And these are, I mean, they're specifically not like co-located groups. No one gets to have FOMO, no fear of missing out, just because some people are in the same room and some people aren't. Everybody is distributed, distributed first. Uh, this is one of my favorite things we've done so far. Um, it's hard to get a sense of, of who your teammates are when you only see their faces every day. You don't really know what their environment is, what their context is. Um, so this is a picture of my desk, and that there's my cat picture. Three for three so far, we're good. <laughs> um, if you're seeing my face in a video call every day, my cat is usually on my lap because it's warmer. And so what you also get is like her tail kind of twitching on my face. <laughs> not, not always pleasant, not always awesome. It usually really surprises people who I'm interviewing for the job. <laughs> yeah, um, but, but when you step back and see the rest of it, it makes a little bit more sense. You get a feel for what it's like to sit next to me as a designer every day. So this is my teammate Noah. 
This is what I see of him every day. He always has a really, really tidy kitchen because uh, that's kind of behind his desk. A few weeks ago, he got a new soap. It was a big deal in my life because <laughs> that yellow soap was red for a very long time. <laughs> But this is what Noah's desk looks like. Um, and it kind of surprised me to see that there was such stark separation between the life behind him, which was where he lived, and where he worked. He's really like kind of cordoned it off to this very small, also well-organized space. I can also start to see what's, what's inspiring him, what, what he likes to look at while he's working. <clears throat> this is my colleague, Josh. He's a back-end developer. <clears throat> I have to laugh a little bit because the screen is almost always tilted up like this. <laughs> and so you just see the top of his head kind of like Wilson from um, home, that Home Improvement show. Um, but I also don't really know a whole lot about the rest of his room because I see the ceiling. I think it's actually a kitchen. You can see some cabinets there. Um, but so when he sent this picture, um, it's a totally different world. He sits right in front of a window. It's really bright. Um, I was also really surprised to, to learn that he was a really paper-based developer. Um, not, not the typical stereotype, right? He also has great taste in snacks. There's these pretzel things, and I'm a salt lover, so Josh and I would do great if we were sitting next to each other. He's probably glad that I'm in New York safely away from the giant bu bucket of pretzels. Um, but the one I learned, I think, the most from is my colleague, Leah, who's our product manager. Talked a little bit about her earlier. And she's based in our San Francisco office. So Leah is the product manager of product managers. Like, she is exactly what you want. She's organized. She's regimented. She's firm when she needs to be. But what I noticed about her desk is she's made this really kind of soft, zen-like space. She has these a bunch of plants. She even has a picture. I think she told me it was of her sister. Um, and it's just, it, it balances out my understanding of what it's like to be Leah. Um, the pros and cons of being in one of our office spaces is that, yes, there's people next to you. You can see and hear what's going on in other projects. But the con, from my experience in the New York office, is that there's people next to you. You can see and hear what's going on. It can be really loud. It can be a lot of commotion because we spend a lot of time talking to each other on, all day on phones uh, or on video calls, so you kind of get that feedback. Um, but Leah is actually, she's my segue to the next point, which uh, if the feedback from the first presentation was to, to do it, to just do it, um, and I think the third step is just just do it online anyways. Um, this, this is a, a picture at the top of one of our in-person workshops with, with the FVC early on, um, early on in the project when I was really new. Um, we needed to get some feedback on, on some different style tiles for the visual design of the site. Not a totally like unfamiliar exercise, I'm sure, to a lot of designers in the room. Um, but I was in New York, and they were in DC. I was not going to be in the room, but I needed to run the room. Um, and interesting also is that the other kind of visually inclined designers, Noah and Jeremy, who do UX and, and user research, they were also not in the room. So they needed to be participating, but they couldn't actually be the hands. Um, and we needed to get the people in the room and the people online to be doing the same exercise. I was pretty nervous about this, but Leah um, kind of gave me a pep talk, which like I said, she's exactly the project manager you want. Um, she, she was essentially like, you know, we want to prioritize being a distributed team. We want to make it work. Just try it. So when your project manager says, just do it, you do it. 
Um, and so what surprised me the most about this exercise was there were no surprises. It was a, a pretty normal feedback session. Everything went according to plan. Um, and that's, I think that was the moment where I really started to change how I thought of myself as a designer and a design facilitator and what it really meant to how I wanted to approach my work on this, on this type of team. Um, last is know when to actually come together. So not here telling you that all of your work should be remote um, or, or distributed. Um, you need to know when it's important as both the company and as a project team to be in the same place. So as a company, TNF um, comes together about once per year. We have an all-hands off-site where we get together and do workshops and presentations and stuff. Um, as a project team, uh, the FEC team comes together maybe every couple months to do workshops and work together in the same place. And that's where the idea for the um, show me your desk kind of activity came from. So to recap what we just kind of went over, distributed first, keep building culture, create context, do it online anyways, and no limits. But there's a couple things that you as an individual can do too. Um, this is what I call the, the hitting the fan plan. So everything's going peachy in your project, um, and it's, you know, three o'clock in San Francisco, but it's six o'clock in New York, right? So I'm just kind of signing off for the day. Something goes wrong. Um, right up front, we usually ask people, you know, if you're not online, how do you want us to get in touch with you? Uh, if something goes wrong, like, do you want us to call you? Do you want us to text you? Everybody's Slack is set up a little bit differently in their notifications, so if I send someone a direct message, it's not necessarily actually gonna get to them. Um, so setting your boundaries for exactly, like, call me when this happens, don't call me if this happens, you know, Tuesdays, my, my kid has ballet, so I can't, you know, do whatever. Um, just kind of setting that consistent plan is helpful for you and it's helpful for your team. Uh, next, over-communicate. This is the words are hard part. Um, nothing is intuitive about living an almost entirely digital life, except for that it's almost becoming the nor norm these days. <laughs> It's so awkward at first, um, it, and we haven't even gotten to sarcasm. It'll, like, if you're just kind of heads down and working for a few hours, if you didn't tell anybody that, you could be perceived as like unconnected or unresponsive or not interested in the work anymore. So just letting people know um, where you are, what you're doing. We have kind of daily stand-ups um, that help people get a sense of what everybody's working on, but also just being intentional about like, when stuff gets hard, you can't just sit there at your computer and be frustrated about it because it's going to continue to get harder that way. So talking to your team, um, and what's helped me is to even just say, hey, like over communication coming or like I just got to get something out, whatever. Um, anything you need to do as long as like your team understands what's going on for you. Um, saying thank you a lot. One of the easiest things to do is just keep on going with your work. Um, things are busy, you gotta keep delivering, whatever. Um, so another little bot that we've built is an appreciation bot. So that when you type heart, somebody's name, for something, um, 
there's a robot that picks that up and it reads it and it puts it into, not a real robot, it's a Slack robot. Um, it puts that into another, another channel. And if you subscribe to that channel all day long, you get this constant stream of like, this person loves this person for this, or like this person thinks that this person is awesome for this. And it reminds you that like, you know, everything is good. People like what they're doing and we're surrounded by a team of awesome people. Uh, eat lunch. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm really not kidding. <laughs> um, it's so easy to get screen rage when you are sitting alone in your apartment or, or even at a coffee shop or wh whatever. If you're in your own head for too long um, and you haven't properly fueled yourself, you're going to get angry. Um, it's also just good manners to remember that your teammates in San Francisco are three hours earlier than you are. So three o'clock your time, you shouldn't be scheduling a meeting with them because they're not going to eat. And then you have to deal with your colleague who didn't eat. And so it's, it's like those Snickers ads really, where it's like you're not yourself when you're hungry. Take that to heart. Remember that one. <laughs> And last, because uh, I want to show you guys how this, this really works in practice, um, I want to walk you through an exercise that, that we do digitally because um, it's easy to think like, oh, I can't, not every part of my process translates to a screen. Um, I want to talk to my users in person. I want to uh, be next to somebody while they're sketching in order to ask them questions. That's all good and true, but sometimes you need to do things fast. You need to do things right now, and you need to do it for pretty darn cheap. Um, so this is a design studio exercise where um, you would be getting a lot of sketches together from your group on a particular prompt really fast, going around and getting feedback, sketching some more, and, um, and then using that to inform some new directions on your design. So this is what it might look like if you had done the one in person, which we also do. But this is what one looked like last week when we uh, did kind of a, a little learning session with our design team. Um, Erica, who's in the bottom right, second in, uh, she's in San Francisco. She made this prompt, and the prompt was, how might we redesign stor Stormtrooper armor so it's more comfortable, allows for greater movement, and appears less threatening? Um, it was a good one. It was a test, like I was saying. We don't actually go around asking citizens of the United States what they think of Stormtrooper armor, although it'd probably be more fun sometimes. Um, so we put up personas. Another standard part of the process. Uh, this is Olivia. She's a commanding officer. Um, she wants her armor to not feel so outdated. Um, she really looks, uh, she wants to make her team stronger, to build a reputation as a leader, blah, blah, blah. Um, so Erica was reading these prompts out. She reads the second persona, and then she tells everybody to get going, sketching. Five minutes of sketching, draw as much as you can. Don't worry about detail too much. It's just trying to get um, ideas out. So after time was up, we went around and started presenting our work. Um, this is Kate. She's from Portland as well. Uh, so you'll notice that her armor is kind of feathery and eco-friendly. Uh, you can see everybody kind of giggling along at the bottom. Uh, next up is Brad from St. Louis. He started presenting to the wrong screen, as often happens when you have two monitors. Um, but he figured it out pretty quick. We all giggled. Everybody's happy. Um, and while that was happening on the chat, this was happening, uh, I mean, on the video call, this was happening in the chat. People uploaded their sketches if they weren't talking. Um, you could see everybody had their own kind of take on, on this exercise. And then we didn't do it for this because it was more just for our learning. But you, but what you can do from there is you can upload those screenshots onto some uh, a workspace like Murally that's more of like a collaborative 
space where you can all edit and move stuff around um, at the same time. And then what you could even do is run a dot voting exercise to see which people thought which sketches people thought had the most promise. Um, and you can all you can do this all on your screen. It's all free software. Um, we have enterprise accounts for most of them, but it's all stuff that you could do tomorrow. Um, and what I want to leave you with is the idea that you don't have to be a design team all in the same place. Um, if you only limit yourself to people who, for whatever reason, don't want to come to the wonderful city of New York, it's not, they're not city people, whatever, you hear it all the time. Um, if you restrict your, your hiring base to, to those people, you're missing out on the chance to work with a lot of awesome people who have great ideas and just have nothing to do with cities. Um, so in the case of the US government, that's also great for us because we want to build a team that looks like the United States, and we don't want to build a team that looks like New York or DC. Um, and so those values aren't, aren't represented if you have a team that's just based in one place. Um, so if we can set up the infrastructure to do this, um, so can you. And I hope that, that even if the L train goes out next year, you can learn a little bit from this. I hope it doesn't. <laughs> um, thanks.